Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. I want to thank my sponsors, Topps, Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins & Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So here's uh, an episode for your listening enjoyment. Especially now, the market for autographs is skyrocket now, just like it is with trading cards. I think cards have gotten confused about the supply and demand. Some of the prices went up crazy on some things where there was big supply, but then they came back down. But in autographs, it seemed like it always was based on supply being, if you had a very popular signer, even though Babe Ruth was probably the most popular signer of his time, there's a voracious appetite. There's not enough to go around. But really tough autographs, do they get their due or is it mainly people going for the popular players that are signing away? Both. There's always going to be a need for Babe Ruth autographs, Jackie Robinson, Mickey Mantle, even though there's millions of them out there. It's amazing. I must sign maybe 10 to 20 Mickey Mantle letters of authenticity every single day. And we've been doing that for the past how many years? JSA's coming up on our 20th anniversary. Is there like a pop report for how many of you? We have. We just don't know how to extract it. We have all the information in our database, but we're looking to get with the right tech and be able to extract that information in the correct and most accurate way. But we have it all. I don't think you're being flippant when you were saying that Mantle has more than a million signatures. I think he has well over a million, but that's mind boggling to think he's been gone for more than 25 years. Yeah. Yeah. And he signed religiously for how many years? For 15 years. And he started in the eighties doing yeah. card shows it's and that's when they bucks. became real popular. Yeah. And he just, nonstop was signing autographs for $5, $10, $15. And then when he had that deal with Upper Deck, then it became too expensive for the mom and pop to get his autograph. There isn't a day that goes by that I don't sign a Mickey Mantle sign piece or sign an LOA. That doesn't even account for the amount that failed too. I'd say about 30 to 40% of all Mickey Mantle signatures that are submitted fail. Did they fail or are they inconclusive? Fail. And it's like an exemplar of a bad signature. Is that what you're saying? Sometimes we're able to determine that it's a forgery. Sometimes we're able to pinpoint exactly who the forger is. We don't notate that on our letter of rejection, but very rarely do we come inconclusive on a Mickey Mantle autograph because that's one that we're versed in. Just like Joe DiMaggio, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Muhammad Ali. Those are the big signatures that we see time and time again. But Mantle's signature dramatically changed from his rookie year and high school and Joplin or commerce, all these places he was before he was in the Big Apple to a really beautiful signature. But the first couple of years, he's got a different signature. It's less artistic. It's less flowing. Yeah. Just, yeah it's, you have to keep early and late exemplars of the signature. Oh, yeah. On everyone. That includes the players of today. Mike Trout. We have signature exemplars from his high school to his rookie season. And then year by year, everybody's signature evolves. You can look at your signature on documents from 1990, 1980, and you'll see the evolution of your signature. Sometimes you drop letters. Sometimes you just try to make it easier for you without picking up your pen so you can get through all the different documents. But we keep track. And that's so important when you're authenticating an autograph. You have to examine the piece, figure out when it was signed, and then pinpoint what error you're going to compare it to because you can't compare a Mickey Mantle signature from 1960 to something that he signed right before his death in 1995. I'm not sure this happened with your dad, but I think it happened with Steve Grad sometime in the last many years. 
I got a bounce back of my own signature. Wow. <laughs> I'm saying, is this an authentic signature for you? Because it's not like the other ones that we have. And it was just sometimes you're in a rush. Or yeah. the other thing I've realized is that if you're signing a baseball, which I don't do very often, but occasionally, or a football or something that's not flat, your signature on a three-dimensional object can be very different from when you're sitting at a desk and jotting off the signature on a piece of paper or a photo. Yeah. It's also very important to compare the uh, the medium when you're authenticating an autograph. Your sig- Mickey Mantle signature looks much different on a photograph versus a baseball, a bat, a smaller mini baseball, a glove. And I've heard this from many people. He never liked signing small items, golf balls, or anything like a pin. He took pride in his signature, obviously. <laughs> his signature stayed beautiful until the end. And uh, you could see the deterioration with Ted Williams post-stroke. You could see the deterioration with Willie Mays' right now and Hank Aaron before he died. Joe DiMaggio, the very last year in 1999, we have examples of, we call it like deathbed Joe DiMaggio, and his autograph is completely deteriorated. Yeah, but they have uneven pressure, which is one of your telltale signs of forgery. When there's uneven pressure and stopping and starting, guys, I think that's what they do. It's based on our exemplar file, on experience. And it's almost intuitive with us. This is what we do every single day. We compare and contrast autographs and you just get a feel more than anything when examining the signature. When you see something over and over again, you either get a gut feeling or you get a happy feeling. Sometimes you have to rely on what your gut says. But basically you have two ways to approach it. One is if in doubt, I'm going to fail it or if in doubt, I'm going to let it go through. Do you have that line in the sand? That is it a 51-49 or it needs to be 100% or 99% sure? How do you determine that? Because some of these sports guys are prolific signers and they're prolifically imitated too, I think. Like Mike Trout and all the stars of today. No, it's not just up to my father and I deciding whether an autograph passes. We have a crew of authenticators that all specialize in different fields. And we have a platform where we will upload an image, whether it's a Jimmy Page signed album. And we have a few of our guys that are just musically inclined and they'll compare and contrast the autograph and discuss it. And sometimes they disagree, but most of the time they're on the same page. But it's a collective decision. It's not just up to the Spences to determine if an autograph fails or passes. There's a few disagreements, but that's the safest way to go is inconclusive, just to make sure that we're not making a quick decision on any autograph. Because you think about it, the more autographs we pass, the less valuable an autograph will be, the less rare it will be. So if there's a super rare autograph out there, we want to be a thousand percent confident that we're making the right decision and keeping the value high on autographs. That's our objective and being accurate and honest and fair that it's either good or it's not good or if it's in between like you're saying if it's a rare thing you're maybe erring on the side of caution so what are the chances if i've submitted cards let's say let's pick on your dad but if i submit it to your dad a number of years ago and it was inconclusive what are the chances that if i resubmitted it number one it's scary i think the chances are he might remember it i would remember the <laughs> item or that it would get a different outcome because you hear stories in the grading of cards, you know, resubmit either to a different company or even to the same company and get a better grade. But in this case, it's generally pass fail. It happens at times where we believe something to be real 15 years ago, and then we've determined that it was a secretarial version. It happens. But the best thing to do is stop authenticating that secretarial version and announce that this version is 
secretarial and it will no longer pass our authentication process. It happens very rarely, but that's what we have to do. And as technology comes in and more exemplars, more knowledge, we'll keep hiring different people from all these different genres of collecting. We continue to learn and we continue to be more and more accurate as time progresses. How much are you affected about the narrative? If the person, they bring you something or they send it in and they tell you the story of how they got it. And some of those stories I've been lied to. I'm sure you have, mm-hmm. but Anytime. you do discount it or you just take with a grain of salt because people say, my dad got this from Babe Ruth. Now, if they have a newspaper clipping, that's different than if they just say, there's no record of that. We'll obviously take it into consideration and it gets into our equation if we're trying to determine a year or anything like that. If they say, oh, my grandfather got this in 1943 and it looks a clubhouse version from the early 20s. Sharp. Then- you know, this, yeah. Or if it's a stamped ball, I had a guy swear to me that he handed this ball to Babe Ruth and he was trying to tell me that a stamped ball was the ball that he handed to Babe Ruth and watched him sign. And I said, I believe you met Babe Ruth, but this ball was never signed. There's not even an attempt with any type of writing implement. It's a manufactured stamp on the horse side. I was going to ask you about technical autographs because a lot of the hmm. tops cards, actually less than half the tops cards have facsimile autographs. Do you ever have people sending in? Yeah, we do. In fact, one came in last week. That was the Mickey Mantle facsimile on the back of a card. I mean, it's manufactured facsimile. People just have absolutely no idea. They look at it and they're completely unhobby related. And oh, wow, Mickey Mantle's autograph. Now, what do I do? Thank I'm going to Google how to authenticate Mickey Mantle's signature. And we come up and they send it to us. And unfortunately, they get the news, but at least you know, they have peace of mind on what they have. Can you tell that by a scan or do you need to hold the card in hand? If it's a common facsimile, we could tell through an image. But in order to properly process any autograph, we need to have it in hand. Okay. So that means computerized artificial intelligence grading using cameras to pick up the card and the surface of the card. And one of the ways something's autographed is if you see an indentation, just a micro indentation, a ballpoint pen like in the old days. I bet they could tell that. But a facsimile, which could look a little bit like a thin point Sharpie, if it doesn't leave any indentation, I wonder if they'd be able to tell. You guys could tell if you're looking at the card. Yeah, what's even more sophisticated than facsimiles are the new auto pen machines that have now become commercially available. They used to be expensive machines. We're talking 10,000 plus. Now you could pick them up on the internet for $1,300. You could program any signature with the proper software. And it's a pen that's being moved by a robot, essentially. And we have different ways of picking up what the indications are with auto pens, but it would be very difficult for AI to notice that, especially in the beginning. Plus, there's just so many different variations of somebody's autograph. And that's what gives us the proper guidance on determining a real autograph is variation. When you see an autograph, it's the same every single time. It's usually an indication of a forgery. Okay, if I had a Hank Aaron rookie card, 54 tops, and I was pretty sure it was signed. If it was signed, okay, it has somebody's signature on there. It purports to be Hank Aaron. But maybe it was from Hank Aaron closer to when he died a year or two ago. What if I sent it to you and you said it was inconclusive? Let's say you didn't say it was good. If you said it's good, then you could slab it or sticker it or whatever, and I'd go off on my merry way. But if you said it's either inconclusive or bad, what do I do with that card? 
Can I slab it as an authentic card with a potentially bad autograph on it? What do I do with a Hank Aaron rookie card? If there's no autograph on it, I could sell it really easily for a good sum. If it has an inconclusive or a bad autograph, what do I do? If it's Sharpie, maybe I could wipe it off. But if it's a ballpoint, what do I do? We see that from time to time. And I think the proper way for any company is to not slab that card. Just you put to somebody else then. I'm not talking about me, but I'm just talking about somebody else. When it's in the float, then it's going to be sold as potentially authentic. Somebody's going to get duped. The comic book grading company, CGC, they don't authenticate autographs. So they only witness the autograph being signed. So there's a lot of comic books signed by Stan Lee. Let's say there's a forgery of Stan Lee. What they'll note on their label is there's handwriting on the front cover and it's a different color label. And it's known in the comic book world that they're not deeming the autograph authentic. That could be an option for one of the trading card companies to encase a Hank Aaron rookie card with a secretarial version of Hank Aaron on the card. And it's very common. Hank Aaron had multiple family members sign his fan mail. Carly Stremski had multiple family members sign his fan mail. And the list goes on. You can name any baseball Hall of Famer. I'm saying I don't think any of the grading companies will slap it. And yet they would slap it if there was a scribble on the front that didn't purport to be a signature, an MK on the front of the card. They'd slab it and grade it with an MK defect. But if it looked like a signature, they wouldn't slab it at all. That means it could go to some other unsuspecting person. I'm just wondering how the industry could clean that up. Our letters of authenticity have a caveat that states that a signature is not authentic, especially on multi-signed items. We actually differentiate the good ones from the bad ones. But honestly, I would stay away from it. If I was a grading company, I would not recommend that something gets slabbed when there is a problem with the autograph, unless it plainly states it on the slab itself. We're so detail-oriented with every submission that comes through, and we make note of that. Yeah. Thanks, guys.